All right, welcome to the inaugural episode of The Vault, my podcast, which attempts to capture some element of what conversations were like while I'm 23 years old and surrounded by people I enjoy. This episode, this first episode, I am joined by my partner in crime, my younger brother, Henry Madak. Henry, how are you? Sorry, sorry. Actually, as of earlier today, as of about 20 minutes ago, actually, I now have to just introduce him as Lord Henry Maddock. Thank you. Lord Henry, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, and you are now my subject, so I would like the proper courtesies. Actually, I believe you were just, you just became a subject of the United Kingdom, actually, so <laughs> that might be a bigger problem for you. I don't think the military will like that. <laughs> well... Again, uh, as this is the first episode, I wanted to make sure that I had a decent co-pilot to uh, navigate me through how we actually end up doing this, and I figured there was none other than the person that has spent his last 18 years dealing with me and uh, the rest of our family, and uh, honestly, I think you would agree, we definitely didn't get along very well. Uh, when we when we were first you know cognizant enough to be aware of each other, uh, I think one of my first memories of being in the old house actually our old house in Mount Vernon Iowa, uh, one of my first memories is locking you in our old dog food closet because I was tired of having a brother at that <laughs> stage, and that dog food closet unfortunately has <laughs> some real history, but. Uh, would you agree that it probably took us a little while to find our footing together? Oh, definitely, because it wasn't really until after you got out of high school that we ever really actually hung out, because during high school you had all your friends and, you know, you lived really close to them, so you could just hang out with them. And then once you hit college, you know, you come back home for, you know, a weekend or a week or something, and none of your friends were really there at the same time. So then, and I was also much older than I was also in high school by then. So definitely the maturity level was up there. And so it really just, I, I guess that's what kind of clicked eventually is that I started getting into the same things that you were getting into. And, you know, we actually had something to bond over that rather than me just annoying the. Oh my God. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I definitely have to at least clear up is that you were an annoying little shit when you were younger. I mean, it doesn't help that I like we are basically five years apart, but uh, you were a dipshit sometimes, and it annoyed me because there I, there were so many times where we would have these stupid fights like, hey, uh, you need to get out of my room right now. I don't want to see you in here. And then one of us would like toe the line of being right outside in the hallway and be like, oh, I'm not in your room. I'm not in your room right now. And then that would lead to like like us throwing shit at each other or us like chasing each other down the hallway or down the stairs. And usually it never ended well. No, not at all. Like that. that's just like, I think that's just basic civil, sibling rivalry though. Cause I mean, that's that's happens with everyone, but like there, there was definitely a, a, a Maddox charm to it as well where we ended up just beating the absolute shit out of each other. <laughs> Mainly you to me, but there's there's something about what we did that was definitely different than most other rivalries. Well, I think part of it is um, we, we, we accepted that uh, we annoyed the hell out of each other, but we still... Um, 
we still had the weird truce of like we're gonna put ourselves first, but if I have to cover for you for something against like Lucy or for like something against like uh, anyone that we ended up playing with in the neighborhood, I would at least cover for you then. So we had each other's backs as far as that went, but <laughs> there were there were a lot of times where we tried to throw each other under the bus, many many times. Many times. And I'm trying to think of a good example right now, and I think. Uh, I don't have one that came to mind immediately. Can you think of Can you think of a time we sold each other out like almost immediately? I really can't. Like I I can, I can just remember like a lot of instances of just you know fighting with each other and and ending up like getting both of us in trouble from the parents and it just it's a lose lose situation for both of us. But I can never really remember like any specific event where you know it, it ended up you know you doing something wrong and then you just throwing me under the bus for it and you know it I, I can't really remember any of that what were some of the ones where we both got in trouble pretty bad because um, I know there was one where when you and Lucy still shared a room I remember going in and I, I think I think I took I can't remember if it was clothes or if I took some of your like toys out of your room and you noticed immediately came into my room and took my stuff and then because I was the older meaner brother I went back I, I noticed it immediately went back and we fought over it immediately and then I think we both got grounded after that but I cannot for the life of me think of that many other examples where we both got in a ton of trouble right it's it's been like been a long like what I mean if that was you were probably in middle school, and that means I was probably in elementary school. That was like when that stuff happened. That a long time ago. That was like at least ten years uh, from now. And but I do remember I had a tendency of going into your room and I took stuff from your closet a lot. Like you had a bunch <laughs> of like especially towards the end, like towards when you started getting into high school and I was still in middle school. I would always go into your closet because you had a lot of cool like trinkets and stuff from places you've gone. And I would always be like, oh, I want that. Like, especially those little, you know, those, the baseball stadiums? The stadiums. Yeah, I love those had. things. I, yeah. I would go in there and I'd take your baseballs, I'd take your stadiums, I would put them in my room. And then you'd end up finding them in my room and you would, like, you know, like, cuss me out for it. And I'd just be sitting there like, you know, I, I'm going to take them again. I don't, I don't care if you take them now. They're going to be in my possession here soon, you know. And, but those are the only instances I can think of that you know, me really pissing you off about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think it was, I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's pretty classic, like, just younger brother, older brother relationship. I think anyone that actually has siblings like that can, Especially can with, attest to. with your friends. I've, like, I loved hanging out with your friends ever since, like, the Halo 3 days. Oh, and I hated it at first when you would because, hang out with my friends. Because yeah. that was, like... Xbox 360, your friends all playing Halo 3, and I really wanted to play Halo 3, so we, you know you would split screen with it, but like oh yeah you're right. But we would we would play in like you know I was the youngest one there by a long shot, and you know all your friends tolerated me, but at the same time they shared the same like feeling with me that you did, where you know I was just annoying and I was just there because you know mom made me it's like my turn on the xbox all that <laughs> and and you know but i just that, that's, that's probably some of the coolest memories though is like 
um, just getting to hang out with your friends because, you know, later on down the road, you know, just before or just when you were starting high school or just like towards the middle and end of it, like I actually got to know some of your friends and actually like talk to them. And it was it's a lot different from, you know, just playing games with them and talking to them, thinking they're the coolest. And like, you know, it's, it's the classic like. You know, fourth grader looking up to an eighth grader, and the eighth grader looking up to like the high schooler, and then you know, you think they're the greatest thing in the world. They're like a god or something, and that's kind of how it was. And you know that that's how I felt when you know we were playing Halo Three or playing oh, like, especially going over to like uh, like you had that uh, airsoft party up here. Oh god, those that? are the glory days. Like, yeah, they really were. I really wanted to participate in that, but I ended up being. The, the gator driver driving water down to you guys in the woods with a little airsoft pistol getting shot at by all your friends in the woods. You know, I would say, like, I have water here, and then I get shot at by someone. And, you know, that, like, that's just kind of what I remember from, from when I was younger. Because, like, yes, I had my own friend group, but, like, you know, I never really hung out with them other than when I was at school. And you always had, like, a different social status where you would hang out with your friends a lot more than I hang out with my friends. So I kind of felt like, you know, I'm entitled to hang out with your friends because they're they're here and they're at our house or, you know, or you're playing games with them. And I was like, I might as well just hang out with them. So just to point out to whoever listens, Henry wasn't exactly, you know, he wasn't like a loner. But no, I, I know exactly what you mean, because I definitely I definitely threw a lot of events and had had a lot of people over and uh, the the feeling was always like, oh boy, I can't wait to you know have all my friends over or you know host a Halo Three custom games lobby or yes. you know Modern Warfare Two you know knife oh, yeah. like like no scopes <laughs> only night on Michael Rust Myers. yeah on yes. Rust yeah and then I was like oh shit I gotta include Henry don't I and then uh, it felt it felt at times like a little. Um, like patronizing but at the same time you're right as a lot of those ended up being so much fun actually and that is that is you know interestingly like where our relationship kind of started to turn was we bonded so well over video games together oh yeah like i i will i will always remember playing like lego star wars and getting every single achievement that was the greatest thing all the characters unlocked we maxed out the studs all that stuff it was like I mean that was way early on though. That was like, that was, was that was pretty early I was, actually. Like, in fifth grade or something like that was like one of the moments that you know we actually you know shared an achievement together that both of us could enjoy and all that stuff. Like that was definitely you know the start of where we are. Rather now. than me like trying to push you down the stairs or something. Right. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. And I mean we had we've had a bunch of those games where we've like. Uh, we've we've ended up finding like oh shit we need to like play these together because they're super fun because we've done that with like Age of Empires exactly. we've done that with uh, like Call of Duty at times we tried it with Fortnite we tried it with pretty much all the games we've gotten into together especially most recently like Hearts of Iron uh, for a little while over the over you know this freaking quarantine or uh, pretty much <laughs> pretty much every game we play together we we try to get each other into it right it's it's like it's definitely one of the like main factors in why we have such a good relationship because like compared to me and you like I you were heavily into sports and I wasn't like I you know I dabbled every now and then with you know band nerd yeah soccer and all that stuff but none of the actual like 
hobbies and things I was actually into, we kind of never could bond over that. So that's where video games definitely kind of helped because, you know, I was huge into video games like throughout middle school and high school and all that stuff. And, you know, and so, and like you definitely got more into it as you like got on because like we've, I don't know, we've been playing video games like. We've been playing video games a really, a long really time. long time. Yeah, right. and it's it's honestly so much fun. It's so easy to bond. It's so easy to bond over when you have like a collective objective. Right. And especially, it's a lot easier when you know I leave for college, but we can just hop in like a Discord call exactly. and like play some game together and talk to each other as we're doing it. And right. it's it's quite awesome. Um, what do you think your favorite game has been that we've that we've like poured hours in together? Because there have been a few, and I was thinking about this. And I have mine, and I'll let you think about I'll, I'll let you think about yours for a second. But mine is definitely Age of Empires, actually, just because uh, we both are definitely not. Con- I mean, you're a control freak, but I I love to kind of entertain certain scenarios uh, yeah. with video games, and the whole aspect of being able to like, all right, I'm going to set up shop, uh, and I have to like dictate, you know, how how this colony grows and how to raise an army and how to eventually like topple what you're doing on the other side and having to outthink like okay henry plays video games like this so i need to strategize against him in this certain way and having it work out for the majority of the time because you're just kind of garbage at the game uh uh Having having that play out and having it just kind of be like like a unique scenario every time, I've always really enjoyed when you actually get to do that. I would I would totally agree with that because like Age I think Age of Empires was one of the first games that we like like later on down the road when you know that that was it wasn't like recent recent it was probably like more of your college years and like my end of high school like we started getting into Age of Empires and that I like since then since you've introduced me to that because I remember you used to play that game. As well as like Age of Mythology back when you were in middle school, because mm-hmm. when it, it, it came out like 2007 or something. All the time. And and I was obsessed with those games, but I could never like figure them out because I was like, you know, I that's not the kind of games I played at the time. But you know, recent like when I actually started playing it, you know, recently, you know, I I I've poured hours into it since. But granted, like the style of gaming that you're into compared to what I'm into is completely separate. So like, there's always that that roadblock there but you know overall yeah age of empires has definitely probably been the most influential game for both of us when it comes to bonding over something like that because you know that like like it's a what like a the colony sim type game and you know you you play a lot of those like builder like you know i don't know what they're actually called but essentially like strategy games yeah. like real-time strategy games yeah, I mean. I, yeah i'm i'm like like you said i'm very trash at it when it, <laughs> when it comes to going up against other people because i don't really focus on those like on like you know real-time strategy i'm more of like i like modding things you know and i i'm, I'm what most people when i say mod most people just think of cheating because like I always like to play out scenarios how I want it exactly, and you know, I never uh, let other people kind of stand in the way. That's why, I like, you know, multiplayer games, like you know, Call of Duty, all that kind of stuff, can't really get into it. But, but Age of Empires definitely had a had a weird click to it where I could get into because I'm I'm a big history nerd, and <laughs> it definitely helped me like get into it more. So. One game we definitely couldn't play together. Uh, but 
did play a lot and talked about a lot is Skyrim, as a oh, lot, yes. a lot of you know siblings, friends have played, have done together, and I think collectively we've probably put like probably like 2,000 hours of our lives into Skyrim, which is kind of a sad figure, but it's true because it's so soul-suckingly fun There's at times. There's so much to do in it. And we, we've, I think we've explored almost every, you know, every possible playthrough you could in that game. Mm. And, uh, you know, you, you deal more with, you know, actual mods of that game and modifications to, you know, <laughs> how, how wild things can get than I do. But that's, I think that is another game that we really, really poured over for a long time and uh, had a lot of shared experiences with. Definitely. That's, yeah, that's, that's a really big one as well as, like, just the overall, like... Because we bought it, we, we first bought it on the 360, and when we got the 360, I was still pretty young, so like I didn't actually play Skyrim until we got it on, when we got on the Xbox One, that's when I got the special edition, and that's when I actually poured a lot more hours into it, because then I could actually understand what was going on, and I gotta say, like that game, I mean, yeah, we've, we've played it hours and hours, but there are still so many things we haven't done in that game yeah i guess that's and, fair and uh, like that game has i mean they're probably going to release it on every console that comes out since yeah so. next one's coming soon but yeah it's it's a testament and we it is interesting how you know bonds get to form but overall uh i'll always remember when uh, the reason i brought up skyrim the, f- <laughs> the first time we got it, mom got it for me for Christmas mm-hmm. in 2011 when it came out in November 2011. And I remember neither of us knew what the hell this thing was. I mean, yeah. I was I was 14 or 15, I think, at the, 14 at the time. Yeah, so, I, so you were like nine. And yeah. we, had, we were like, what the hell is this? Like, this looks like Lord of the Rings in an Xbox 360 game, but whatever. Had, none of us had ever played any of the previous games like no, no. Morrowind or Oblivion. and so I remember uh sitting back in our old house in the back uh what did we call it I guess it was the atrium room uh where we used to have the 360 and popping it in and we collectively sat there the first day we actually started playing it for probably like 10 hours straight mm-hmm. and it was crazy because at first you just straight up run around and you're like Oh, I have a bow and arrow now. I'm gonna shoot like a rabbit, and then like you evolve to the point where you're like, I need to go to Winterhold and become the greatest mage that you know Skyrim has ever seen, and like (laughs) everything that falls in between. And uh, it's just it's an unbelievable game. Speaking of our old house, one thing I really wanted to get into is some of our favorite experiences from that house because. As you know, we know, and many people that are hopefully associated with this podcast know, uh, we have since moved from the house that we grew up in. Uh, and while it was definitely a needed move because the house was, the old house was quite difficult for my parents to maintain and didn't really make sense to you know stay in long term, mm-hmm. we we had a lot of fond memories in it, and there were there were times where it was. Um, it was kind of frustrating because of you know the the limitations of uh, of essentially like not how small it was but 
what we needed the room requirements to be as far as like you and Lucy living right. together or me getting my room hijacked because of uh, uh, people moving around and things. But we <laughs> we had a, we had a lot of fun times in that house, and I was thinking um, it might be fun to kind of reminisce over some of the <laughs> some of the most memorable things uh, that we experienced there. And uh, I'll I'll go ahead and give some of mine. I I will always remember. Um, <laughs> I will always remember two days after we moved in. I was six years old. You were still a baby. Yeah, I don't. Um, we had just moved from Castro Valley, California, and while you know that's it's not a you know not a dangerous neck of the woods. It was you know it's still like like essentially urban California, and life is vastly different out there. And two days after we settle into the house in Mount Vernon, at at night, uh, our neighbors start lighting off fireworks in the street, and immediately our dad, the you know federal law enforcement officer, assumes not that it's fireworks, but that it is gunshots from down the street. Runs out the door, you know, gun in hand, ready to absolutely smoke some folks, and. Mom takes you and myself down to the basement and says, wow, you know, you really can't trust, <laughs> you really can't take for granted some of these small towns. There's some, some crazy things usually happen here. And as soon as we found out it was, it was fireworks, we uh, immediately were like, you know, maybe we really have to take some time to adjust <laughs> to, I, I, to what I, it's like being in Iowa rather than California. And that really, uh, that along with not three days after that event, a tornado, an actual F2 tornado touching down about nine miles from where we lived, uh, really gave us the nice Iowa introduction <laughs> to what, uh, <laughs> to how differently our lives were going to be. Yeah, I mean, for me, definitely, like, it was the fact that I had a lot of people my age living around me because... You know, I never got the California experience because I was way too young. So having friends like literally like a house away definitely helped kind of make it feel more at home. Because I remember we, I mean, we had so many experiences living all right next to each other and being like right next to the school as well. I mean, I remember when they were doing road construction on our road and they closed those off and we had like a really big water uh, fight like with water balloons, squirt guns, hoses, all that stuff, and you remember the the blue house right next to ours? Yeah. Always yeah, yeah. was for sale. Like throughout like us living there, there were at least three or four different people living in that house, and like our first neighbors, you know, they moved away pretty quickly. Like I was still in elementary school when we moved away, and I remember you know, I guess you could call it trespassing nowadays, but we would we would like. <laughs> go into their, their empty, actually it wasn't empty, but their garage um, in the alleyway and just looking through there and we found like a, a super soaker or something with me and my friends and, um, and you know, it just, the, the, the little, the, the neighborhood we lived on definitely was like, it, it was probably one of the best neighborhoods in Mount Vernon. Like, I, I do actually I share that sentiment too. It, I, I tell a lot of people that I that I meet that aren't from Iowa that 
we probably had like one of the easiest childhoods oh, growing sure. up just because it was so conveniently located to school it was safe it was small it was right. filled with you're right like mostly like people to play with and everything when you were kids exactly. and i <laughs> it was it was really convenient it was very easy but that was definitely something that made it uh, boring after a while that I yeah. think we both found out. There's but... really nothing to do. Like, you know, when you're when you're a kid, I mean, all you worry about is, like, going outside and playing with your friends and stuff. But, you know, as you get older, like, the surrounding area, yes, there's, like, Cedar Rapids, Marion area around it, but there's really nothing to do in those areas other than get food and, I mean, I guess you could go shop. but Yeah, like that's that. true, actually. Uh the the whole experience of finding out there's nothing to do in the Mount Vernon Lisbon area when you are growing up as a as a you know teenager there is one that every single person goes through. I yeah. mean, you can only go to the Bijou so many times. You can only go exactly. bowling so many times. You can only until the bowling alley burned down. Until yeah. until Don Marlane's burned down and the entire <laughs> town watched. Yes. Uh, that was a night. Uh, you can only like entertain yourself at like heritage night or heritage days, heritage days. Uh, so often or things like magical night the sledding hill like exactly. all these things there's only so many things you can do so many times before you realize oh it's, my god I need to get out of here right like like I said like that's that still goes along like as you get older you realize these things are not as like you know the magical night is not as magical because it's just like <laughs> oh I'm standing out here it's freezing and I like I've done this a million times I pet the llama on the the what is it called like the uh on the stage millions of times i've done hot <laughs> chocolate from the same place you know i've seen what the elementary school is doing for their art project like a million times i've, you know? I've stepped in the poop from the horse-drawn carriage yeah. a million times yeah you know, it's great it's, and i mean heritage days was always a hit or a miss like either they would go all out and have all these rides there and it'd be so cool or they would have like maybe one you know like deep fry stand and and some live music and you know uh it it definitely like i don't take for granted that experience like that was like still one of the i think the best childhoods you could have had but you know compared to other places yeah there's i mean it really reeks of small town living because <laughs> there's i mean there's really nothing to do once once you hit that age and that's why everyone the the coming of age type of thing was once you got your license because then you could actually go somewhere and drive places and you were like you know you were 14 and you got your light or your permit and then you got your license and you were considered like the coolest kid because you could drive for everyone you got you got a lot more friends that time yeah no that's definitely true when you when you finally reached the, you know, you unlocked the achievement of being able to take mm -hmm. yourself to Cedar Rapids. That was yep. a huge, huge milestone in growing up. And thinking about it, it is kind of incredible that, like, no matter, <laughs> no matter how, uh, how far you go back or how far you're going to go into the future, that's going to be the same for every kid that grows up in Mount Vernon. Most is likely. They're going to figure out, my God, I need some freedom and yeah. being able to drive <laughs> being able to drive to the one nearby populated city is going to do that for me. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's uh it's incredible. I mean, growing up around here it has been something that I joke a lot or joke about a lot to my friends just because, you know, oh, small town Iowa and, and how, you know, how weird things were. We basically live on a farm, yada yada yada, but uh 
it was like it had its moments. It really, it really had its moments in terms of like actually being kind of exciting okay. and j- just being kind of like strange overall. Like, I will always remember, um, like in in horrific storms that would roll through. Uh, like our neighbor one time just decided to climb up on top of his roof and try and you know reshingle his roof in the middle of a a horrifically dangerous severe thunderstorm while it was hailing and uh there would be little things like that or uh there would be you know a a meth bust in the house across the street from us when we were like kind of too young to really be told that that's actually what was happening or finding out our neighbor od'd and uh also probably being too young to be told what what was happening but actually being told that time and it kind of messing us up um but there were there were just some some really strange things that happened uh, around the town too. You're definitely right about like you know as much as uh, a chill like safe town there was always like just like when when things happened they were always the weirdest like shit you'd ever you you never think would happen in such a small town like that but but especially since it's a college town there was a lot of like I mean. I'm not going to say, like, the police influence was high because there was, like, three officers that actually worked there. <laughs> but but there was definitely, like, some crazy shit that would um, go down just because, I mean, uh, of the influence of the college and all that stuff. But that also is what made it excited, too. Like, Yeah, the overall atmosphere was, was quite strange. And, I yeah, I'm so grateful we got to grow up there. Yeah, um, definitely wouldn't trade it for anything else. Thinking back to just just the actual the old house we actually we actually grew up in, um, can you think of some of the, just some some things uh, that that <laughs> transpired there that you think are are quite strange or just super memorable? Because we definitely had some, and it was a great house to grow up in. All these things, and I kind of wanted to at least like at least mention it in one of these podcasts because I mean. We lived there for 16 years of our life, our lives, and it was uh, <laughs> it was really the house we grew up in. And as far as you go, I'll always remember, and I still tell people the story of how you at I can't remember what age, a very young age, proudly and boastly burst open the front door one day while Dad was talking to a Mount Vernon cop dropped your pants on the fr- on the front of our sidewalk and just took a leak in front of both of them just because you felt like it and yeah, I went back inside. and then immediately just turned around walked back inside like nothing happened yeah that's that's probably like one of the, the classic stories that you would always hear from us is you know just the crazy shit that i would do as a kid and for me one of the the stories that are like the memories that i have is the writing in a, a laundry basket down the stairs? Oh my god! Like, yeah, we did I, that so often. Thinking back towards it, like, like that's so dangerous what we were doing. Because, <laughs> yeah, we might put like a pillow down at the end, but you know what's causing it from not flipping and us like snapping our neck on the stairs? Like, I can't believe our parents let us do that. But like doing that, and um, I remember one time. Uh, I saw, I, I can't believe I remember this, but I saw one of my toys. It was a Power Ranger figure, 
and for some reason it was on the roof and no one was home that day and I was like I think I'm gonna go get that because it was it was on you the roof right outside your room window and I was like that's wild and I opened it up and I crawled out onto the roof like I was I was maybe like eight at the time so I had no idea what the fuck I was doing I was just like alright cool grabbed it and like just at that moment as I was crawling back through the window like uh, fucking dad walked upstairs and saw the window open and he shut the fucking window when I was still out there didn't see me and I was like oh fuck <laughs> luckily he didn't lock it you know knowing him he usually locks all that shit but like I was like I, I crawled out the window and I crawled to the side a little bit down the slope just enough for him not to be able to see me and um, and that was probably one of the scariest moments or the time that it was me and Lucy home and I was like man I want some fucking cookies and I didn't know how to use the oven so I was like maybe I'll just put some some cookie dough on a plate and fucking microwave it and I thought like that was the greatest idea ever and I looked on the I could like I looked on the package it was like oh yeah you should put it in for like 25 minutes in the oven and I was like five minutes in the microwave sounds good to me slap that shit in there put it on for five minutes like three minutes in I was looking in the microwave. You couldn't see what was in there anymore. And I, I was like, hmm, that's weird. Opened it up, immediately got, like, drenched in smoke. Like, the whole house flooded with smoke. I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And because Lucy, Lucy was too young to do anything. She, she was just – she just worked it, you know. And then I was there freaking out because I thought, like, you know, the immediate thought of a kid is like, oh, shit, I'm going to get in trouble now. And so I was trying to find out, like – any solution to this problem. So I immediately went over, started opening every single window in the house, and I took the plate of cookies that I put it on, and I put it on the back porch. And it was it was like the middle of winter, so it was pretty cold out there. So like I slapped that shit out there, and I just like, the next morning, um, you know, all the smoke was gone. I mean, clearly I hadn't gotten away with it because I had to explain to my mom why the how house was filled with smoke and why it smelled like shit in there. But the cookies came out pretty good, actually. You know, I went I went out the <laughs> next day, saw the plate of black cookies, and I ate one, and it was still, I mean, they, they were cooked. So, um, yeah, that I mean, you should not leave me alone when I was a kid. But that's phenomenal. I I have not heard either of those stories, actually. I don't, oh, really? Never, never in my life, actually. That's crazy. Um, I'll always I'll I'll remember I wasn't there for this actually, but I heard about this, and I wish I would have seen it. When Smokey, your beloved oh, gray, terrible cat, got out in our backyard, <laughs> and you, having all of us honestly, so, uh, having this genetic trait of of being unbelievably afraid to have our pets run outside. But that was like uh, a really common occurrence, though. That was, it was kind of a common like, occurrence. We can get to that, but you darting after Smokey without a shirt on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah grabbing her from our backyard and her you know being the maniacal terror cat that she is absolutely ripping your chest open it was because the it. dogs were chasing her like i i'd opened the back door and i sprinted after her but the dogs also it was it was uh bubba and louie at the time and they were like absolutely like it was it was the cat it was the dogs and then it was me running around the backyard and I finally got a hold of her, and mom was outside for some reason, and the back door had locked, so I couldn't get back in. I was holding her, 
and she was freaking the fuck out because she thought the dogs were gonna eat her. And she was just like, I still have scars on like my side. I have like, I have puncture wounds right here <laughs> on my side because she just absolutely ripped my chest open. And like, I remember getting back inside. Like, like I, my, my mom. It was because the neighbor's dog escaped, and I, I, I was trying to let the dogs out so we could let the neighbor's dog in our house. Hmm. And that's when all that shit went down. And so mom came up to the back and asked me why I hadn't gone back inside yet. And she had the neighbor's dog in her hand. And she saw me getting absolutely demolished by this cat on the back porch. I just started screaming, like, let me in. And she, like, ran around, let me in. And I threw Smokey down. And just, my, I was like, my whole chest was red with just blood and just cuts and everything. And... For some reason, I didn't go to the hospital, but you know, that I, I, I just went, I went and laid down, and that was just some of the craziest shit. Like, like I said, I still got scars all over my body from that, and uh, definitely one of the craziest moments. But, but yeah, like the the occurrence of having, you know, we've had we've had so many animals in that like in that house, and just in our lives in general, and just the occurrence of having them get outside somehow always seems to happen we would come home one day and the door would be open or you know you'd open the door to like you know answer it and one of the cats would slip out and we we've had so many marathons just running after our cats and dogs we really have and it's kind of incredible how it's now built into this like i think it's a built-in irrational fear that it, it's going to stick is. with all of all of us for the rest of our lives yeah. you me and lucy for sure that we have to be so careful about doors with with pets and uh you're right though because it was it was a very strangely common occurrence that we would find ourselves like oh my god mulligan and got out we right. have to go run around the the block to go find them or anything right. but it's incredible because we've never lost any of them no we've I... had like you said we've had we had dozens, dozens and dozens, well, probably, I don't know, uh, more than a dozen cats and dogs in, in that old house that we went through. And at one point in time, more than likely, all of them tried to make, an, tried to make a run for it <laughs> through the front door. And amazingly, none of them succeeded. The, well, we could say, I mean, I was too young for this, but Sasquatch definitely got okay sasquatch it. was kind of an anomaly anyways like, but yes we i mean he was the fucking hit and run he scarred me up and then left the next day but yeah none of the cats afterwards like Smokey, mulligan um bubba louie zoe any of those animals never got out and like yes we had one outdoor cat so it was like i mean we didn't worry about pretty boy but um just even now, like I still have like the the muscle memory of opening a door and putting my leg out to <laughs> stop. Like even even like wherever I am, it doesn't matter if there's an animal in the house. That's just kind of how I walk out of a door now because you know that, that it's all the muscle memory of having to do that for so many years. That's really funny because all of my Marquette friends can absolutely attest that that is how I walk into my apartment every single day because my current cats, Sushi and Toast, will do the exact same thing. And so I, I just like that, I also do that exact same thing. Yeah, you that always, is so you always funny. stick your leg out like an animal. Like, I can, like, even our house right now, even though it, none of the animal, animals should be in the foyer because we have doors there, um, I still, like, 
my fate my like my eyes are always on the ground whenever I walk in because I'm always expecting an animal to be sitting right there <laughs> waiting to jump out and and you know uh, it's that's just like the biggest thing from the old house that I can think of is the animals yeah the animals also definitely made it memorable god what a what a place something else I also wanted to bring up you just actually went through this for the first time. Um, you graduated high school this May, spent the summer here up in Iowa, and then left for Lackland Air Force Base for the better part of about, what, two and a half, three months yeah. in total. And that's a pretty big transition. I mean, I had I had a, a similar you know, stint where I graduated high school and then went to Carthage to, you know, essentially I was there to go play soccer at first yeah. and then be a student second, but quickly found out that's not how things work. But uh, it's a real shift in your life to actually leave home, you know, a, at least, you know, a, a decent ways away for the first time and kind it's of get a, a, adjusted to not being taken care of anymore. And I wanted to ask how you, essentially how you dealt with it at first when you get that initial shock of like, oh my God, mom is not gonna make me dinner tonight. Uh, and then how you've gotten to the point where it's essentially like your regular life now. Right. Yeah, like the good thing about the military is that's kind of what uh, basic training is for is to teach you that you're independent and you don't need to rely on your, your circle to be there for you, and um, like when I when I first got there, you know, like I was too stressed um, about the actual what was coming up to actually be worrying about home. Like yes, you know the the initial homesickness started when I left, but it didn't actually kick in until I hit um, our quarantine. So when I got there, um, we were about three days in. And someone in our uh, in our flight tested positive for COVID, and so we got stuck in a hotel room for two weeks. And I will say, like, I we did nothing. Literally, we sat in a room for about you know like every day except for three meals. So we would go outside and get some meals, and then go back to our rooms. That was the only outdoor time we had. So all the other time was spent either studying our uh, we had a study guide for our test. And then, you know, we got our phones back, so I'd be on my phone, and then it was just spent thinking about what the fuck is going on. And, I mean, that was definitely a big part of that was, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, holy shit, you know, the, you know, my home is no longer, you know, my home. And, you know, I'm an adult now, you have to go do adult stuff. And Especially for me, I was like, oh shit, I'm also in the military now. This is like not, you know, you're not your standard, you know, uh, moving out story, you know, like not going to college, not doing any of that. And, um, you know, it definitely took a lot of getting used to. Um, but the good thing about it was, um, you know, once we got out of quarantine, you know, you were, you were kind of too busy to, uh, of, you know, doing training and uh, all that stuff to actually think about it like and especially for our flight our flight got in trouble way too many times and so that kind of got rid of all of our privileges of calling home and stuff so I never got like I, I got maybe one or two like five minute phone calls 
home, and those honestly were probably worse um, for me than any like than good because you know I'd call home, and you know just just like the the sound of any of my family members' voices kind of is just like oh my god you know, and especially then you only get five minutes to talk to them and say like you know I'm doing good you know we're we're this far into training you know we're we're doing all this cool stuff. And then having to hang up, and it's right back to it, you know. Um, it definitely sucked for a little bit, but you know, honestly, towards the end, it kind of, you kind of get used to it. Like especially um, now, like I, I just came home for our winter break, and it's only for a week. But like before it, you know, I, I was of course excited to come home because I haven't been home in for so long. But like, you know, there was there was a huge. Um, Thing that they might cancel it because of COVID and you know me before any of this would be like oh shit I don't get to go home like this sucks but like when they told me that I was like man you know like if if it gets canceled like that's honestly okay like I don't know how to describe it like I, I was kind of getting used to being away from home and like now it's probably gonna reset once I get back. I'm like, oh fuck, I hate this. But um, the military has also like been very good about, you know, making sure we're all happy and all that stuff. So um, definitely getting our phones back is probably like the biggest thing. So we're actually able to communicate and just being able to call, text, and just talk to family members and friends on a regular definitely boosts the the morale of everyone a lot. And you know. But overall, like, yeah, it, it definitely took some getting used to, but um, even now, like, you're, I'm just, I'm very focused on getting through all this training and getting through all this stuff that the homesickness part doesn't really come until, you know, you have a lot of time to just sit and think about it, so. No, you're definitely right about that, and that's, that's usually how I felt when I left. Um, I immediately went into... Uh, Carthage's soccer team and you know started pretty much the day I the the day after I came up with three practices a day and uh kind of having this goal of like god I gotta make this team and really focus on you know being an athlete and doing all this Mm -hmm. stuff that it it keeps your mind off of like oh my god I'm not at home anymore whether whether you're ready for it or not and um I know personally I was not ready for it because As as uh, as macho as I tried to make myself seem when I was you know 18 and about to leave, like uh, I don't know if you remember, but the night before I moved up to Carthage, we went to the drive-in at Makoka, right? And uh, it's kind of a we haven't really done it that often in the past, in I guess in the recent past, but it used to be something we would do all the time in the summer, and it's this just classic family experience of going to a drive-in, you know, backing into a parking spot and watching these just awesome drive-in movies super late at night. And the entire time before, you're just waiting for it to get dark by playing a bunch of games and throwing a football around or uh, just hanging out. And it's so much fun. And that entire night that we were there before I left, uh, the only thing I could think of was like reminiscing, like, God, I am going to miss this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're basically, the entire time I would just sit there and think like, wow, I don't know if I'm ready to leave this. I, I, I don't feel mentally prepared enough to like 
leave the family, leave home, and be on my own for the first time. And yeah. that night when we got back, uh, I left to go see my really good high school friends um, real quick. And we drove to the parking lot of Davis Park and all just got together for a second and basically said goodbye since I was leaving that next day. So were a couple of other of uh, the other ones. And it was like this unbelievably emotionally difficult thing to to get through because we're like, oh, my God, like our lives change tomorrow. And yeah. it's happening whether or not we want it to. But it took probably, I got to say, once I, once I went up, that first, those first couple of days, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. But by the end of the first week, I was like, yeah. you know, this is honestly pretty awesome, I got to say. And with that, like, with me, you know, you had very limited freedom during boot camp. But once you hit tech school, it's basically just going to college. Like, you know, you get... You get to do what you want um, when you're not training. So, like, I definitely, I talked to my friends about this too. Like, you know, this was it's basically my first like college type experience um, with you know getting to hang out with people, going around our you know quote unquote campus, and um, just having kind of adult freedom. You know, like, granted, there's a lot of rules and regulations that you have to follow but um just the fact that i had to go like grocery shopping by myself i had to you know do anything by myself without having you know my parents or anyone like breathing on my neck and looking over my back and all that stuff um definitely like a, a liberating feeling you know you kind of you kind of like indulge in it and you're like wow this actually feels great and you know that's that's definitely also another factor that helped me kind of you know get less homesick um, is the fact that you know you get all these freedoms and you get to actually decide what you want to do when you want to do it and all that stuff and um, you know I that's I, I won't forget like the first time I got to go and like go shop or go get you know we we had a subway on on base and. That subway is probably like one of the things that helped me out the most, was like, because, like, that's one of the restaurants we had in our town, our our hometown, and like, I would go there all the time. And going back to subway, like, you know, it's a little piece of home without being at home, and like, um, but just the overall freedom and all that stuff, that definitely is a big factor in like, kind of, not getting as homesick anymore because you know. You, you get that mentality of like you're an adult now and it's not the bad mentality of like freaking out like oh my god I'm an adult it's like oh this is actually fucking really cool you know you get to go do stuff granted it's also really expensive that's that's one of the bad things is that it's <laughs> yeah, very expensive you'll this. you'll learn that very quickly but yeah no it is it is strange how you can kind of grasp onto really really kind of unorthodox things to remind yourself of home at times um, I'd kind of do the same thing. Usually, it's it's it was it's impossible to find in Milwaukee because you know they're pretty much virtually opposite places. But in around Kenosha, when I first moved up there, uh, just leaving kind of the outskirts of the city sometimes, and essentially just seeing 
cornfields or Migrants. like rural areas, I was like, oh man, I feel so much more comfortable around here. It's so strange. And right. like, uh, it's not something you can really hold on to and make yourself feel better, but just having any sort of like piece of comfort where you can get your mind on this, this uh, feeling of like, you know, I, I'm really not that detached or really I'm not that like, like I don't have to be that independent. I don't have to uh, feel like right. that much of an adult and right. you know, my family's not that far away sort of feeling really helps. Yeah, and we definitely got lucky. Like, I mean, compared to some of my friends, like, we, I mean, I think of our family, like, we're pretty close, and, you know, like, everyone has got each other's backs when it comes to, you know, any any issues we have coming up. Like, definitely, like, like, Dad has definitely, like, helped me through a lot of adult-type things. Like, you know, like, today, especially, like, I... I have to transfer all my banking information and stuff to a new bank, and I have no fucking idea how to do that. <laughs> like, uh, you know, all these all, all these small things. Like, you know, everyone definitely has their has everyone's back, and it's what also makes home feel like home for me. Is like, um, you know, just just how friendly we all are all to each other, and um, you know, we could come home at any time, and we'd be accepted and welcomed back and you know and you know no matter what happens you know we're always welcome back we got each other we really do and that's that's yeah something i really appreciate because not every family has that but our family is is a lucky one and a close one and i i always appreciate that too but you just mentioned it while you also left home a few months ago this as of three days ago is your first time coming home after leaving and i remember that that feeling of coming back to the area for the first time just stepping inside home after being gone for so long was such an alienating strange feeling for a bit like you didn't like i i personally felt when i first came back to mount vernon after leaving for so long that i didn't belong there anymore right and i i maybe was only gone for like a month and a half the Mm -hmm. first time i came back which in retrospect, isn't a long time. You know, nothing changes in Mount Vernon in a, in a no, month and a half. But know. at the same time, you you feel like you're like, oh my god, I've carved out you know another like my next section of my life in a different place, and now I'm back in this place where, you know, the last chapter of my life was, and it felt so strange and so unbelievably uh, like uncomfortable at times. So. For sure. I wanted to see if, if that's how you felt as well. Definitely. Like, I always told everyone, like, you know, I could step inside my home and, you know, act like I never left. But definitely coming home, I was like, oh, thank God. You know, like, it felt, to me, it felt really good because, um, you know, back at back at Lackland, you know, I would there's so many things you have to do during the day that like you know you never really get any free time and then coming home and you know knowing that feeling that you know i don't actually have to do anything while i'm here oh oh, sick i can just sit downstairs and play video games for 10 hours straight it's it's such a good feeling like like sleeping in you know for us we have something called accountability in the morning and at night where we have to get up and we have to go stand in a line and have them count us making making sure we're all here that is one of the most annoying things to do because we'll be out there at 10 o'clock at night standing there in the cold and waiting for us to be dismissed. And, you know, 
the first night I was here, I was like, oh, fuck, like, I got to go do that. And then I'm like, oh, no, I don't. And, but it's definitely, like, the, a weird feeling, too, being home because, you know, especially with the, the, the fact knowing that I'm not going to be staying here for, you know, that long of a time, having to go back, it's it's definitely, like, a, a weird transition. And, you know, because you're acclimated to what you've been doing for, you know, where, where however many, you know, however long a time you've been doing it that when you come here it kind of like halts everything like you you kind of just sit and you just relax but definitely like the coming home like even even knowing like sitting in the airport because i had that five hour layover in denver (laughs) but just like sitting there and thinking like i'm going home was just like the greatest feeling i've ever had in a long time and but yeah but you're right about it being very like like alien coming back home for the first time because like you walk through the door and you're like you know you're kind of like you know that one friend that you invite over and they don't know if you have to have manners or anything like that. you're just <laughs> like like oh crap you know I, i've done this a million times but you know it's just different uh it, it definitely definitely hit different you know? yeah it's it's such a weird feeling and um it's it's definitely one that goes away. Like I don't feel weird coming home anymore, and I've been at this for you know more right. than five years now, uh, so it'll be easier to get over. Uh, in your case, it might be a little a little more strange because as of as of just a few hours ago, you found out that you were going to the Royal Air Force Base outside of London for at least the next two years. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> That was kind of sprung on us, and I at least wanted to include this uh, for a second in this, just because it's kind of a it's it's a pretty freaking big thing. And it's, if we're listening back on this, you know, you know, five, ten years from now, you'll probably think like, oh my god, that was the day that you know, essentially, like I found out my life was going to change, mm-hmm. you know, somehow, some way. So had to at least mention it. And I gotta ask. Obviously, we talked about it, you know, the entire time we just went and picked up Chinese food, but. <laughs> Uh, are you are you really prepared to spend a decent portion of the next <laughs> of your of your life in the upcoming years overseas? I I went two weeks in Europe for a school trip. I went to Greece and Italy, and I gotta say, like there were cool moments in it, but I was so glad to come home. And that was two weeks, and and just thinking like you know, me personally, I was trying to go to Nebraska. I was trying to stay closer to home just because, you know, I wanted, I would be able to come home more often. But now the fact is I'm going, you know, across the ocean and I'm going to have to stay there for, yeah, at least two years. Um, it's just like, it's definitely a shock, you know, it, it's, I wasn't expecting it at all. So it kind of hit me like a, like a train. I was like, oh shit, I'm, you know, that, that settles it because, you know, I have no say anymore in, in where I'm going. But it's also definitely exciting because, you know, England has some of the nicest bases around. And um, from England, you know, you can basically go anywhere in Europe, too, um, through, like, you know, the train system and stuff. And they have really cheap flights and everything. And that's kind of originally what I wanted to do when I joined the Air Force was travel and, um, and see the world and stuff. And, you know... Uh, going going through all these trainings and stuff like it definitely had my feelings mixed up and like do I want to stay closer to home 
and be able to go home more often or do I want to go out and see the world and stuff because I'm you know I'm only 18 and that's every you know young person's dream is to be able to just go wherever the fuck they want um, and for me especially like I get to do it for almost basically free and with the with the exception of having to you know spend six years in the military um, you know it's definitely something I'm glad that happened because um, it could have been a lot worse too and I mean I've been I think it's more of a blessing and I'm very very excited to see how it goes because you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a culture shock too like it's gonna be living in a country that I I'm, I have never lived you know overseas before I've never like I don't think you know it, it's definitely gonna be a, a big change but I'm definitely definitely uh, excited for it you know I might not be ready for it right now but you know um, <laughs> That'll come. That'll come with time, because I mean, I've only yeah. Like, it, it was only a couple hours ago that I realized I was going there, and I'm just still trying to, like, oh shit, you know. Well, like we talked about, you know, things things happen to you whether or not you're ready for them or you're or or not. But yeah, no, that's good to know. I think you're gonna be fine there. Um, about two years ago, I thought you were just going to be a basement dweller for the rest of your life, I'm going to be honest, uh, and just play video games until until mom and dad kicked you out. But uh, leading up to that. No, I mean, it's, it's, if, if the last two years of your growth have indicated anything, you're going to be more than fine. Um, I can't believe we've made this first episode this long, and I think we're going to wrap it up by me asking you, I need to get your top three video games you've ever played in your lifetime. And I'll do mine as well. So I'll, I'll do mine first while, you, first while you get a second to think about this. My, we're going we're gonna to do three, then two, then one. Okay? okay? So third favorite that I think I've ever played, I think it has to be the FIFA series, uh, which I got introduced to through Bapu, actually, buying me, I think it was FIFA 08, for the PS2 back when we still had that. And I remember getting that game and being so frustrated because I was so unbelievably terrible at it. And I was such a competitive, sore loser as a kid that if I wasn't good at something, I would immediately quit or just get like frustrated with it that I played it. I played like a practice like game in it, lost by like seven goals went downstairs to our mom and was like in borderline tears like i like bapu got me something that i literally just cannot play and uh little did i know i would end up buying the next 12 installments of that game getting really good at it getting way too uh invested in those sometimes and uh enjoying the hell out of it mostly though for me it's probably any of the halo games just because... As your number three? As my number three, because... Well, I'd probably have to say Halo 3, because Halo 4 was kind of trash, and Halo 3 is the only other Halo game I've actually played. But it's just because it was such a big part of our childhood. Um, you know, being... Uh, you know, playing with all, all your friends and stuff. Um, definitely was one of the games, because even, even after we stopped doing that stuff, like, I got, I got Halo 4, and I played the shit out of that stuff, and it was just... It's such a memorable game for me, but 
definitely not the top, I would say, because I still wasn't like the best at it, but definitely up on that list. I think number two for me is actually the game we already talked about earlier, Age of Empires 3, just because uh, I got into it a little bit before you did from some friends in Mount Vernon, and then that kind of transpired over into actually getting my friends in college to play it a little bit. Uh, but just the amount of time spent on that game perfecting like little tiny strategic movers, yeah. maneuvers, and getting to the point where essentially I'd memorized the entire campaign was was so much fun. And then all the times that we would I would we would I would come home from college, and like the first day we would see each other, we're like, all right, we're hopping on Age of Empires, right. and we would play all these scenarios like night in night out and it was so so much fun and uh it's it's just it's such a classic game i think i'll I'll figure out a way to keep it with me for the rest of my life hopefully uh for me number two is definitely gary's mod just because (laughs) the amount of hours i've poured into it i know we said we've poured hours and hours into skyrim and you said what like two thousand hours (laughs) On Steam, the uh, the little hours tab that uh, says how many hours you played that game, uh, it's up in like it's like 5,600 hours uh, of me playing that, and that's from when I first got Steam. That was one of the first games I've got uh, on there, and um, just since day one, I remember buying it and immediately playing it for hours. And it definitely ties into why I like modding games so much because that it's literally in the name, Gary's Mod. Like, all you do is download different um, like mods and little uh, add-ons and stuff to your game, and you can basically change. You can take that game and change it in any game you want. And um, yeah, like I poured so much of like middle school into that, um, and you know it. It's definitely a, it has been a big factor in my life, um, due to the amount of time. Like I, I would spend like day and night playing that game, doing like stupid shit too. I wouldn't even be doing like, like a lot of uh, the biggest thing for that game is like the online community. Now I'd be on single player building shit and fucking just doing whatever the fuck I want to do. And honestly, it was thinking back to it, it was more of a waste of time than actually like anything else because <laughs> there was no goal to it. It was just me sitting there, like, dicking around with stuff and just thinking of how many hours I actually put into it, like, kind of kind of makes me sad. But at the same time, it was probably, yeah, it's definitely a number two on there because of just the amount of time I've spent playing it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that game is probably one of the sole reasons you are now kind of a control freak uh, in your life. <laughs> And why you pretty much only play games that you can like, like have mods for, or at, like change drastically to like your will of what you want the game to be like. I get so. I'm gonna be honest. I, I think that game was probably bad for your mental health. I get upset whenever I buy a new game and I see on Steam that it doesn't have a workshop uh, compatibility. I get upset now. Like, I get visibly upset. If my camera was on, you would see me start like getting pissed off because like, <laughs> fuck, I can't mod this shit. And yeah, it definitely probably wasn't good for me, but more I... than likely. Well, all right. My number one 
is probably League of Legends. No, I'm joking. Absolutely not. I wish I'd never played that game in the first place. But, no, my real number one is probably Modern Warfare 2. I think probably the most legendary multiplayer game of my generation, kind of because of a lot of things. Um, Specifically in the game, the concept of getting a nuke essentially was like the the bar for you being like considered to be good at a video game essentially people would put like how many nukes they would get like in their gamer tags in like their descriptions and stuff it's what you would talk about with your friends if you weren't already playing that game with them uh you could set up yeah yeah, you could set up custom games everybody knew how like the path to getting a nuke it was it was harrier oh god i am actually forgetting it it was it was like harrier attack helicopter the nuke from the kill streaks. Um, I think dogs were in there though. I don't think so. That was that was maybe a strategy at one time. But like from from that part in game to like measuring your KD to like like you know the whole oh I only play team deathmatch or domination or like I'm a hardcore search and destroy type mm-hmm. person all these things to then just like like the the maturation you had playing the game. From the live chats. Oh my I mean, god. That Xbox is, 360 live chat. Oh Xbox god. 360 live chats in Modern oh Warfare 2 god. is where you kind of learned what the outside world was going to be like if you were sheltered kids like us. Because you could join in and you could hear some 11-year-old kid whose voice hasn't deepened yet telling you that you... Essentially calling you really nasty racial slurs and that, you know, they they... Spent a lot of nights with your mom, and it was it was something to behold. And I don't know, like I, I hope that's happening in Fortnite now to a certain extent because I hope the current generation of of little kids playing video games has to go through that same thing. Fucking domed kids in that game. But uh, it was it was such a cultural experience, and even even extended like if you had problems with your friends, like you could settle it however you wanted to. But a lot of times things were settled, you know. No scopes only, rust. Yep, that's it. And it was it was just the acceptable way to solve your problems at that point. And everybody who's played Modern Warfare knows exactly what I'm talking about. And it's kind of it, it's kind of incredible how much of an influence that game had in terms of like like you you could meet random people in games that would become like your Xbox friends for like years. And even if you never met them, you felt like you had a connection to them. Oh yeah. But uh, also, as far as like your own real friendships, like you got to you got to witness like sides of your friends that came out that you really didn't know existed at times, and it was it was it was it was an experience, and it was one that I I don't think is going to be really readily emulated by a lot of other games. Yeah, definitely not. Um, my number one has got to be Minecraft. Of That's, course, yeah. I, I, I was going to say Skyrim, but just thinking, Minecraft is kind of what led me down the path of a crippling gaming addiction during my middle school and high school years, was fifth grade, all my friends got Minecraft, and that's kind of what our life revolved around at that point. And I remember, like, fifth grade, as I, I would turn 10 years old, I asked Dad for Minecraft, and he got it for me for Christmas. And um, 
like my password is still the same thing that it's been for since fifth grade and well don't don't say I'm not, it I'm not, gonna say, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because i still play i still play minecraft that's the thing is i've played it from fifth grade to even now like if sometimes i'll just hop on there they're, i mean they're still updating and all that shit but like you said with the like meeting random people like i made one of probably one of my best friends on that game i don't really talk to him anymore because you know we you know grew up and we kind of went our separate ways but um i played on this one server that all my friends from my school played on it was called like west coast minecraft and it was like the coolest server ever like um i did so much shit. i built like the titanic on that server before it shut down and you know i met this one guy and you know every every day i would log on and the first thing I would see, I would check for is if he was online. And we would just play like for hours and hours and hours. And then I remember I got my iPod and I added him on that. And actually just recently I found my iPod again and I saw his contact information in there and I got on my iPhone and texted him and he had the same number. And we actually, I started talking to him again. And and it was, it's just such a strange feeling because like this person has been in my life longer than some of the people I know now and like it's because of a video game it's, it's, it's just because it's of a literally video because game. of yeah. like Minecraft literally like a block game and made one of the like best friendships I've had in uh, all my life and like I said I mean throughout middle school that was like the, the talk of the town for me it was just like Minecraft 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 like I wasn't one of those cringy ass you know nerds about it but you know <laughs> but I was like that's that's one of the biggest games I, I play and I still I mean I still play it like it's 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 still something that's in my life and that's why it's definitely number one for me because like out of all the games I've played I don't care how many hours I put into other games I've spent fucking years playing Minecraft and like like hands down it's I mean it's it's the number one game for me so yeah no that's definitely fair and uh it is it is crazy how like it's strange talking about video games so much together but like that's really what we like it's it's what we spent a lot of our childhood doing for yeah. better or for worse but it shaped it shaped a lot of what we did when we were kids and honestly it was pretty fun it, it really it just was it really i gotta was. mention one more game it was super smash bros yeah, you know that that has to that has to be um, probably conjoined. That's conjoined for both of, the, of us. One of the biggest games. Because oh, uh, you know what? We should do an honorable mentions real quick. Because there are there are a few that deserve to be in there. Like you're absolutely right. Smash Bros. Brawl. When we first got a Wii, absolutely deserves to be mm -hmm. on there because we when we were both terrible at video games for a while, we played the hell out of that and both thought we were really good and we really were. <laughs> When we were playing on, you know, the Nintendo Wii uh, uh, Joy-Con, or oh my God, what were they nunchucks. called? The nunchucks. the nunchucks. Oh my God, the nunchucks. Yeah. Uh, I was a Mennonite man. Yeah, you were you were a degenerate. That's what you were. Um, <laughs> that has to be on the honorable mentions. I think we already said it earlier, but Lego Star Wars Lego Star has Wars. to be on uh, the just, honorable mentions. I just got that like when I came home. <laughs> I bet you did. And then. For me, at least, games like Backyard Baseball and Backyard Football with, like, Pablo Sanchez and Pete <laughs> Wheeler, I, those, I'm pretty sure, helped me. I, I think those had a real role in me becoming a college athlete. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> because it was, it was like, all, uh, all you would ever think about was, like, oh, man, I got to, like, 
I gotta outperform all these people, and you know, I'm gonna do it with my main dude Pablo here. And it would be, it would, they would get so competitive, and you would play it with your friends all the time, and it was so much fun. And it was like, I think almost any kid that has played a backyard sports game will essentially know the feeling of like, like, oh god, it's two outs in the bottom of like the ninth, but I got Pablo Hernandez stepping up to the plate and I'm going to win this game right exactly. now. Or Pablo Sanchez. Oh my god, I said Pablo Hernandez. <laughs> Pablo Sanchez stepping up to the plate and and this game's over. Trust me. Another one is Pokémon. Oh my god, how did I forget? Yeah, Pokemon, all the Pokémon games. Like, I didn't I mean, you played Pokémon when it was when you still had the little blue Game Boy. Like by the time I got handed down the Game Boy when you got your PS2, I, we never had any of the Pokemon games, and so I resorted to emulators and stuff on my old phones. But, I mean, that that was just, like, out of all our friends, too, that, like, um, that was just one of the biggest games. Like, it's it's one of those games that everyone knows about, regardless of age or, or anything. Like, that, I mean, you, you know, you would go collect all the gym badges, defeat the, you know, what, what are they called, the... The, what was it, like the final six or whatever? Oh, the Elite Four. The Elite oh, Four. my God. Come yeah. on. I, I didn't, oh. As you can tell, I didn't I, I didn't get into the, yeah. the Pokemon grind until I was, you know, a little later. But it's definitely one of those games that everyone can bond over because it's, such just, it's just a classic game that, you know, everyone knows it. So... Yeah, no, that's definitely right. And I, God, it's it's crazy thinking back to how many video games we've played. <laughs> All right, last thing before we go, is there a favorite board game? Because obviously our family, probably a lot more than others, is really big about playing board games or with each other. It, yeah. Do you have a favorite board game that we have, you know, that we've played in the past? Favorite board game that you think is like. You know, when we get the when we get the family together, you're like, oh, this is gonna be a good time. Not just like like any uh, any board game that's fun because it's fun, but when like with say, with all of us together. When you say board game, you mean like? Like it can be it can be anything. Okay. Yeah, it can be anything. Uh, definitely like like categories or yeah, that's any a huge of those one. like the he said said she said or he wore she wore. That's yeah, our like. our the games we play at Polly's Island. Because yeah, that's huge. like. Because that's all of our family being there, and that's, I mean, every year we would play those games, and, you know, and definitely now, like, that due to the fact that we love board games and all those type of, like, just, like, sit-down games, I mean, that's what we do for our, well, for our white elephant uh, stuff was we just get board games for each other. each other board we, games, we, yeah. We play different board games because that's, I mean... That's just a huge thing for us. It's the culture of our family. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, that's what everyone in our household can get behind, and we can play a game for hours. We can play poker. You know, what you guys play canasta all the time. Like. Yeah, I gotta say, I think that's my favorite one is uh, is canasta. Honestly, just because it was such a it was such a process to learn, but then once I got it and I played with you know like the grandparents and then mom and dad it's like you you feel like you kind of belong at the adult table at that yeah. rate because i where, still don't even know how to play yeah <laughs> I, I, that's right you don't but it's like it's this game where uh you know when you're a kid and you're watching all the adults sit around the table and play you're like man they look so cool like what are they doing like this is like 
it's so beyond my yeah. my scope as a child. And then you get involved and you're like, whoa, like I'm one of the cool kids now. And uh, just that evolution. And then you get to the point where you realize like, oh man, like if you ever get better than the people who taught you and you realize like, wow, they're making mistakes and they are like, they're just not as good. Or when you realize like, wow, they're way too competitive about this yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. It's such a It's such a strange thing to hit. But yeah, uh, I think I would go with that as mine, just because we've had a lot of experiences with it. That and Rail Baron. I think Rail, oh the Rail Baron, the Rail Baron days that we've had have been pretty. They're far and few between, but they are eventful when we do have yeah, them. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I get so pissed off at that game. <laughs> we all do. All right. Well, Henry. Thank you so much for being the the guinea pig, the the uh, the primer episode of this of this hopefully continuing podcast. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We made this episode pretty long, I gotta say, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Definitely. All right, and hopefully you guys will be able to listen to the next one shortly. Thanks again.